It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, and I work as a minister with the Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ. And later on in the uh, after the lesson today, we're going to offer an invitation for you to come and visit us. We'd sure love to see you. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about Gospel Preaching Live. We bring Gospel Preaching Live live every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Time and Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Uh, that's on Facebook and YouTube. Now, it is also aired on uh, uh, KPGZ Radio in Kearney, Missouri as well as broadcast in podcast form known as Gospel Preaching Live. And so there's three means that we use to broadcast this message. Hopefully, if you have a chance and you can share it with others and spread the word, we'd appreciate that. We pray that you'll investigate us, listen to the message, make sure that it is in accordance with God's word. And if you find it to be in accordance with God's word, hey, give us a like if you're on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, let's share it with as many people as we possibly can. Now, before we get into the lesson, I would like to say that if you have any questions or comments, if you're on Facebook and YouTube, just leave those in the comments section. I do monitor those and try to respond back. Uh, If you uh, would prefer, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Or you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. You may have a suggestion for a lesson. Uh, you may uh, uh, have some uh, constructive criticism. Uh, whatever it may be, just go ahead and let me know, and, and I will give it uh, uh, a listen. So I do appreciate you. Uh, taking part in that. All right, let's go ahead and get into our lesson this evening. I think you're going to find this lesson to be quite beneficial. There's a term that uh, we use in the Bible quite a bit, and you'll hear the Bible describe uh, rebellious people as being stiff-necked. And I don't know if you have ever considered what that means to be stiff-necked, but that's what we're going to talk about today, is being stiff-necked. Now, that's not something we want the Lord to describe us with. But again, many times in the Bible, old and new, we do see the Lord describing stubborn people as being stiff-necked. Now, try to keep this picture, if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, uh, try to keep that picture in your mind as we go through the lesson. For those who might be listening on the radio or podcast, it is a, a picture Uh, that someone drew of a man in biblical times uh, behind two oxen, and he is plowing a field. He's got one hand on the plow, and the other he is holding a long rod, and at the end of that rod is some type of tip that is going to be used to prod the oxen. And that gets into what being stiff-necked means. This is language that would have been very familiar with the Jews living in the day. You know, in Exodus 32, 9, just by way of intro, 
I wanted to use the scripture uh, just to introduce the lesson, but to show us how the Lord um, used the word stiff-necked to describe his people. It says, the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, is a stiff-necked people. And that's talking about the the uh, Israelites that had come out of Egypt and gathered at Mount Sinai. Now, we're going to come back to this passage a little bit later in the lesson, but needless to say, I just wanted to use this to kind of remind you that of the word stiff-necked and how it is used and how the Lord used it to describe those who were very stubborn people. Now, let's define uh, um, stiff-necked. If we're going to define it, and I'll just go ahead and read this definition. It says, as it is figuratively used, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word means stubborn, untractable, and not to be led. The derivation of the idea was entirely familiar to the Jews, with whom the ox was the most useful and common of domestic animals. It was especially used for such agricultural purposes as harrowing and plowing. The plow was usually drawn by two oxen, as the plowman required, but one hand to guide the plow, and he carried the other an ox goad. Uh, This was a light pole shod with an iron spike, and with this he would prick the oxen upon the hind legs to increase their speed or upon the neck to turn or to keep a straight course when deviating. If an ox was hard to control or stubborn, it was hard of neck or stiff-necked. Hence, the figure was used in the scriptures to express the stubborn, untractable spirit of a people not responsive to the guiding of their God. In other words, they don't listen to the word of God. They don't listen to, or they're not being responsive to the encouragements uh, coming from God to be to do what's right. They're going to do what they want to do. And I don't know if you've ever had or dealt with an animal who is stubborn. Uh, I have. I've, you know, I've had many dogs in my life. This is the first time I've never had a dog. Uh, I've always had a dog. But yet, <laughs> this last one kind of took the desire for me to have any more dogs out of me. And the, this last one was extremely stubborn. Uh, I couldn't train it. I trained every other dog I ever had. But this dog, I, it just couldn't be trained. It was going to do what that dog wanted to do. And it was a very frustrating uh, experience between us. I kept the dog its its whole life. I loved the dog, but it was very frustrating because it just, it wouldn't do what I said. And I have seen other animals act that way. I had, uh, I've seen horses, for instance, uh, there were some horses that, that you just couldn't do anything with. Uh, they were extremely stubborn. And that happens from time to time. And so you can imagine when you're trying to work, if you've had any experience with an animal that is stubborn and will not, you cannot do anything with it, then you understand the frustration God has with his people when he is trying to train them and to nurture them and to get them to do what's right, but they're unresponsive. That's that's what, and we see in the scriptures, Many times when the Lord describes someone as being stiff-necked, it goes back to that ox that uh, the farmer couldn't do anything with because he just he would not be responsive to the the uh, the goad, the spike, 
that uh, that he was trying to use to either turn the oxen or uh, speed him up or, or whatever. That, that ox was just going to do whatever he wanted to do. That happens. I mean, animals have different spirits in them, and we understand that. But needless to say, that is not how we want to be described as the Lord's people. We don't want to be described as stiff-necked. And so when we're thinking about being stiff-necked, a good way to look at yourself is to go to the Bible and see the characteristics of those whom the Lord did refer to as being stiff-necked. And so if we find ourselves acting in the same way, then we know that those same words could be applied to ourselves and that the Lord is thinking that of us. And again, we don't. Can you imagine that the Lord said about you that you are a stiff-necked person? That's just not something that you want to hear. And so, again, let's let's look at some of these characteristics. Let's examine. Let's use this lesson to examine ourselves and to make sure that we're living our life in accordance with God's word and that he's not going to find us stiff-necked. Okay, so the first characteristic I'd like to talk to you about is that to be stiff-necked is to resist the word of God. <clears throat> that <clears throat> I want you to think of the word of God as that little spike at the end of the rod that the farmer's using to try to get the goat to do what he wants it to do. Uh, think about that. As a Christian hears the word of God, does he respond to the word of God or does he resist it so that he can do what he wants to do? Now, in Acts chapter 7, uh, we read about Stephen, who was a, a very good man from all accounts. We know that when he was stoned, there was devout men who uh, assisted to his burial, but uh, which tells you of his character. I mean, they, they respected him enough to, to see to his funeral. But yet in Acts chapter 7, we see him uh, speaking to the Jews, and he is he's basically telling them, their own story, their own history. That's all he's doing. He is breaking down and telling them their own history until finally there is a comparison to be made that he could not be denied between the Jews of yesteryear and the Jews that were currently there in Acts chapter 7. And so he just refers back to how they were described before and he applies that to them. He says, you, in verse 51, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised and hard in ears. He goes, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your father did, so do you. Now, when he says resist the Holy Spirit, remember how we, how we were able to obtain the word of God. The Holy Spirit, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, searched out the mind of God. He revealed that uh, will of God that he found in his mind. He revealed it to the apostles, and it was the apostles preaching and their recording uh, of these uh, these things that the Spirit re revealed to them is how we have the Bible today. Uh, but at that time, they were hearing the preaching of the apostles. And so when he says you resist the Holy Spirit, he they were resisting those things that had been revealed to the apostles by the Holy Spirit. And so they were resisting the word of God. And, you know, just to put it out bluntly, that's what they were resisting. 
And so then he goes, as your fathers did, so do you. In other words, he's referring right back, as we said, right back to the Jews uh, in Israel in yesteryear and how they resisted the prophets. <clears throat> Excuse me. They resisted the prophets. And so he says, you're a stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Now, of course, they didn't like hearing that. And they... <laughs> They just, being consistent with what he said, they stoned him. But needless to say, we can see how they were resisting God's word. Now, can we resist God's word today? Oh, absolutely. When we hear things that God tells us to do in the New Testament, and we don't do them, we don't accept them, then we are no different then these Jews in Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, we are stiff-necked. We need to be listening for God's word and to obey the truth. You know, that's, that's when righteousness was accounted to Abraham was when he obeyed. We have to obey what God wants us to do. If we don't obey, then we are resisting. Now, why do we resist? Uh, various things. Uh, the Bible says it's the uh, lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Uh, those are the things that we would prefer to engage in. Now, if that be the case, then yes, we're stiff-necked, and we're no different than that stiff-necked oxen that we talked about earlier. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 29, uh, this is uh, what uh, the prophet uh, when uh, in Nehemiah 9.29, when the people had gathered, notice when they were recounting uh, their history, he says, you warned them in order to turn them back to your law, that's God, yet they acted presumptuously and did not obey your commandments, but sinned against your rules, which if a person does them, he shall live by them, and they turned a stubborn shoulder and stiffened their neck and would not obey. Now, you see, again, that's, that's exactly what Stephen was referring to in Acts chapter 7. Now, another example, in Jeremiah 19, 15, we hear the Lord uh, speaking through Jeremiah. says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing upon this city, which would have been Jerusalem, and upon all its towns, all the disaster that I have pronounced against it. And why? Because they have stiffened their neck, refusing to hear my words. In other words, when they're refusing to hear their words, they are resisting the word of God. <clears throat> they don't want to obey it. And so, again, this goes right back to what was said by Stephen in Acts chapter 7. And so now we have to apply that to ourselves. We have a, a history in the Old Testament that we can refer to showing how people resist God's word, and they are referred to as stiff-necked. Do we want to resist God's word today? We some, Many people do. Uh, the, the teaching, for instance, on baptism is very clear, and we read that in Acts chapter 2 and various other places. Uh, we can uh, uh, find out the teaching of baptism, yet people resist it. Why do they resist it? Even though the teaching's very clear, the, 
I mean, Romans chapter six, and we go on Galatians three twenty-seven. We go on and on and on. Even though the teaching's very clear, they resist because they're stiff-necked. There is something else that they want, and that's what they—that's why they resist. And you know, baptism is just one command. Some people, after they've been baptized, they resist. For instance, uh, going to church when they're supposed to go to church, uh, they resist that. That's being stiff-necked. Uh, some people resist changing their lifestyle after baptism. They'll tell dirty jokes or they'll cuss. Uh, maybe they uh, swear. Maybe they'll like to drink and, and carry on in a worldly atmosphere. Again, that's being stiff-necked. We should want to hear God's word, and that's and then we want to make the changes in our life. A, a Christian who wants to serve God understands he's leaving a world of sin, and he wants to learn how to get out of sin other, or, and to not sin again. And so we don't want to be stiff-necked. We don't want to resist God's word. We understand that is through God's word, John 17, 17, that we are sanctified. And so we're set apart from the world. And so as Romans 6, as we mentioned earlier, that death comes at baptism when the old man of sin is put to death. Uh, we understand then that there has to be a change. But we can't be like the world. We have to be uh, spiritual. We have to be like Jesus. And there's no way we can be like Jesus and resist his word. It's that word that's going to enable us to make the changes that are necessary, just like that ox getting prod on the neck by that sharp object, uh, and he turns his head. Well, when we hear God's word, that causes us to turn from sin. But if we don't turn from sin, then we're being stiff-necked. That's a first point I want you to notice. And then the next one is sometimes people worship a false god, and that's something we have to be concerned about as well. We read about that in Scripture. That's a characteristic of those who were uh, called stiff-necked. In Exodus 32, this goes back to the verse that we used to lead into the lesson. Exodus 32 and verse 8 and 9 uh, I want, to, I want to read these to kind of set this up. This is when the Israelites were at Mount Sinai after coming out of Egypt, and Moses had went up on the mount. And if you remember, they made themselves a golden calf. Uh, that's, that's the whole context of what we're looking at. It says, they, the Israelites, have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. And so we can see they, they made themselves a false god. And uh, it's not a god. It's just an object. But yet they were, in their mind, making it a god. And, uh, and that's obviously a characteristic of stiff-necked people. Now, today, you know, I haven't seen anybody in, in the United States make a golden calf, but I have seen them make gods of other things. Uh, most um, 
the one I'm most familiar with is money. People have made a God out of money. And, uh, you know, when, when money comes first in your life and, and we have an example of that rich young man who came to Jesus and he, uh, found out in order to be pleasing to the Lord, he was supposed to sell all he had and, and to give to the poor and come back and follow him. But yet he couldn't do that because he had many possessions. He had done everything else. He just couldn't let go of the money. And so he, you can see then he had made a God of his money. That's where his, that's where his heart was. That's where his focus was. And uh, with that being said, it's possible for us to do as well. When that happens, the Bible says we are stiff-necked. And uh, another good example is Nehemiah 9, 15 through 17. And uh, when the uh, Israelites were recounting again their, their history, uh, they were talking about <clears throat> how the uh, Lord uh, being with them and they went through the uh, wilderness. Notice what it said. It says, and uh, that, that's after you know they'd sinned with Joshua and Caleb and the 12 spies and they had to wander in the wilderness. But uh, even before then, on the way to Mount Sinai, the Lord was with them. He says, he gave us them bread from heaven for their hunger, and that's the manna, and brought forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst and promised them that they should go in to possess the land, the promised land, which he had sworn to them, but they and their fa and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks. There's that stiff-necked. And hearken not to thy commandments and refused to obey, neither were mindful of their uh, thy wonders that they did among them, but hardened their necks. And then their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. And so I, I think he's making reference back to when they had gathered at Mount Sinai and uh, they had made that golden calf. And so they were going to go back to Egypt where they would have been slaves. And, uh, uh, but this passage deals with that. These people had made a, a golden calf. And that's why I put this passage in here. And they were going to return to their bondage. And that's what happens, though, when Christians uh, put something ahead of the Lord uh, as a God, then they're returning back to the bondage of sin. And, and that's not, that's being stiff-necked. We don't want to do that. Now, our last point is lacking faith. That is a characteristic of being stiff-necked because there's no reason for anyone to lack faith. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you want faith, then you need to, you can be encouraged and learn how to, to do what you need to do from learning the scriptures. So there's no reason to lack faith, but yet people do lack faith uh, because they don't do those things. Uh, one example is in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 and verse 7 through 8. Uh, notice what it says. It says, do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers, so that he made them a desolation as you see. Do, do, do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God that his fierce anger may turn away from you. I believe that was talking to those in in Judah. But uh, needless to say, yeah, it's faithless. They were faithless to the Lord their God. 
And because of that, they were faithless. They were uh, described as being stiff-necked. Now, remember Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, you can't even come to God. And so without practicing faith, and that means doing things according to his will, they were not acting faithfully. They were not doing things the way the Lord wanted them to. In Deuteronomy 9, 6, and 7, the Lord was going to allow Israel to go into the promised land, but yet he was not going to allow them to go in because of their own merit. Uh, it was simply because the people in the promised land were much worse than they were. And I want you to read what is said here in verse 6 and 7 about these Israelites. He says, Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, and for thy righteousness. For thou art a stiff-necked people. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came into this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. And they were. <clears throat> I mean, it was just as soon as they, they crossed the sea and they sang that song of Moses on the other side, it was just a few days later they were, they were um, mumbling against God, you know, about uh, eating and drinking and, and whatnot. And then, of course, uh, even later on after Mount Sinai, uh, when we see them uh, not having enough faith to enter into the promised land because of uh, the 12 spies, you know, there was 10 of them had bad reports. Only Joshua and Caleb had a good report. And so because of that, the people listened to the, the bad reports of the 10. They wouldn't obey God and practice their faith and, and go in and and uh, defeat the giants with the Lord's help. They didn't do that. Uh, because of all these things, they're described as being stiff-necked. Jeremiah 7, 24 through 26 says the same thing. It says, they hearkened not nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and the imagination of an evil heart. Now, that doesn't sound like faithful people. Because that's they weren't walking in faith. They were walking in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, they went backward and not forward, which, you know, that describes uh, our spiritual growth. We don't want to go backward. We always want to be going forward. And since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets daily, rising up early and sending them, yet they hearkened not unto me, nor incline their ear, but hardened their neck, and they did worse than their fathers. Yes, they hardened. They were stiff-necked people. Again, they were people who lacked faith. And so when we look at these three characteristics, we know that if we're lacking faith in our life, if we're worshiping a false god or resisting the word of God, that God looks upon us as being stiff-necked. And if you didn't like dealing with a stiff-necked animal or a stubborn animal, then do you really think God's going to want to deal with you? No. No, we need to repent and make sure that we're living our life in accordance with God's word. All right, that's your lesson. I hope you found it to be beneficial to you. Uh, as I said at the beginning, I want to offer an invitation for you to come and visit us at Kearney, Missouri. The church meets at 406 North Clark. And you can meet all about and learn about the church by going to carneychurch.com. 
They meet at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning for Bible study, 10.30 for worship. And again, you would be our honored guest. Now, this message uh, will be broadcast sometime in the future. I don't know when, but uh, uh, we do preach. If you like gospel, this gospel preaching live message, uh, there is preaching on KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Central Time in Kearney, Missouri. And if you're outside of Kearney, then you can download their app and listen to it that way uh, because they do stream their signal. Now, I do want to make an announcement that as of January 1st, 2024, uh, KPGZ is going, we're going to be uh, changing our time from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And so you want to take note of that. Brian Spirits is an, a Bible study on the internet that I'm a part of with two other preachers where each Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time, we get together on, uh, on the internet and we try to study a topic from the Bible. And we invite those who are watching on Facebook and, and YouTube to take part by making comments in the comment section. And if you want to join, you can go to carneychurch.com, press on the Berean Spirits app. We would love to have you join us. Now, if you cannot watch it live, that's no problem. They're still left on YouTube and as well as uh, Facebook so that you can watch past episodes. Or you can download them as a podcast on Spotify and Google Podcasts. We do air those uh, on the, we do prod, publish those uh, on that forum, as well as Gospel Preaching Live. Gospel Preaching Live is also broadcast uh, on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Okay, that's all I have for you this evening. Lord willing, I will come to you again this Sunday at 6 p.m. Until that day comes. Um, how do I show? I always say, I can't remember how I close the show. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. There we go. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.